Just a quick disclaimer, there will be spoilers in this episode about certain video games, TV shows, so watch at your own expense, and enjoy! Hey, what's up guys, and welcome back to The Brown Zone. I'm your host, Hatanch, and I'm joined here with... Jacob. That's me. I'm Dylan, hi. Dylan, that was super timid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dylan's an uwu show. Hello, boy. hello there. My name is Dylan. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm Dylan. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dylan. I'm Dylan. Hi, I'm, I'm spelled D Y L A N, not the shitty D I L. Yeah, my name O N whatever. You know, no one spells it like that. Some people do. I don't know why. It looks bad. <laughs> my name's Jacob. Spelled with a K. Please never forget that, or I'm gonna he, kill you. He's the weird. It's the weird spelling. Yeah, that's why we don't like writing his name. We talked about this in the last podcast, but, you know, just, yeah, just odd, odd champ, kind of, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm special. Yeah, you're spec-ed. Yo, I mean, yeah, literally yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I am too. Yep. We both are. It is that's facts. Crazy. Yeah. I, I, I used to, like, deflect the fact that we were gifted. But now I'm just like I'm kind of embarrassed of it because yeah, now, like now we're grouped with a bunch of normies. Grouped with a bunch Oof. of special yeah. people. Oh. Yeah, Imagine we're not gonna name names. <laughs> yeah, but we had some. Uh, not not. I don't know. I just didn't find them appealing. <laughs> they just they were just like super cringy and not the nicest people. Yeah, not readable. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. Okay, so in this podcast, I wanted to introduce you guys to like a topic that I recently did like a lot of research on. Well, one, it was for a school project, and I also used the topic for other assignments. And also, I just I just found it really interesting. So, and that topic is cryptozoology. Have you ever heard of that? What is cryptozoology? I I remember what it is. Okay, so cryptozoology is basically, I'm just doing this from memory, it's basically just the study of quote-unquote hidden animals, mm. otherwise known mm. as cryptids. So like an example of a hidden animal would be like Bigfoot, Chupacabra, or the Loch Ness Monster. So like yeah. legends and myths. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, basically. I remember I first learned about it because I played a game it was called Disco Elysium. Very good game. Very good game. 10 out of 10. Mm. Would recommend. And there's a side quest in the game where I'll, if, if you plan to play the game and you haven't yet, you should stop listening to me speak right now because I'm going to <laughs> spoil it. But there's a side quest where you can meet with these guys who are trying to trap some, like, beast, some, like, giant, like, praying mantis some huge praying mantis and they're like no we swear it's real we're we're professional cryptozoologists we have we've discovered so many hidden animals that people didn't think exists and then you're you like try and help them like you check traps and stuff and and they're like yeah we found all these cool animals but the the giant praying mantis is the one that we the one the, the big one that we've been after our entire lives and then if you did that side quest, you would know. At the end of the game, you see that thing. It talks to you. Wait, that's yeah, so cool. At the very Whoa. end of the game, 
you sail to this island and you solve the mystery of because the entire game is about a shooting and how some guy died and then he was mm-hmm. hung from a tree after they killed him. Oh, so you're trying to find out. It's it's a it's a mystery game. You're a detective. You're trying to find out what happened. It's also an RPG. And yeah, it's really good. So you sail the island, and there's a giant bug, giant praying mantis, and it talks to you, and then it glides on out, and it's great. And that's how I, that's where I knew the word from. I just didn't remember what it meant, but now I do. That's yeah, it. Epic. What game is it? It's called Disco Elysium. It's oh. so good. It's so good. never. Heard I, of I it. feel like just like the title has no correlation yeah. with the actual. It, yeah. <laughs> it's but it's literally like. <laughs> One of the few games I would call like a actual like ten out of ten. There's so much depth really? in that game, so mm. much depth, so much you can do. It's like there's a main storyline and there's so many side quests and stuff to explore, but you don't have to do them. And like, it's a game where it's all about like it's not for everyone because it's an RPG, but it's also like there's a lot of text. It's like a conversation based game. Like you have oh. to read. Like you're gonna have to read a lot. 95% of the game is you reading what people are saying to you and you replying back and stuff so like that. It's one of those games. Yeah, but it's also like an RPG because you can level your character's abilities. Like you can level up his like like his like authority because you're a detective, right? You're like a police <laughs> officer. You can level up his authority. You can level up his charisma so he seems like, you know, he's a more outgoing guy. You can level up his intelligence, his strength everything like that but it goes into detail the fine details and it's so great it's actually pretty yeah cool. it explores like deep into like it's it's a really philosophical game like it talks about like death it talks about life it talks about the meaning of life it's it's it, it even goes into like politics a lot too like it's very political Whoa. because it's like the premise of the game is like the the people who hung the man up were like I think they were they were like fascists and they were mm-hmm. um, rebelling against the the um, the communist like movement in the city and basically the I don't remember the exact thing but basically they're like trying to expand they're very capitalist they're trying to expand yeah and take over the city and there's people rebelling against them and yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. wild. It's a very good game. Check it out if you're smart. <laughs> smart and can read. Smart and can read. Damn, I guess I can't. Yeah, it, it, will, it will widen your vocabulary. There's a lot of big words in that game. You have to use a thesaurus and a dictionary when playing that game. <laughs> have big. It That's massive. Yeah. Have them on the ready. Yeah, strapped, but with a thesaurus. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds epic. All right. Well, anyway, what were you yes. talking about, Hitanch, about it? Uh, Before uh, Jacob went on his tangent. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Jacob, what the game. hell, dude? You, I lost my train of thought. You're, You're talking, talking about, about Cryptozoic and stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so here I, I, I'm going to put a picture in the Discord. I know the viewer, not the viewers, the listeners can't see it, but... Uh, we can describe the picture. I don't care. <laughs> okay yeah so, so b- basically i mean this is a pretty common picture mm. if you've ever just like looked up the Loch Ness monster you've definitely seen this picture come yeah. up it's like that silhouette of like the Loch Ness monster's head and neck 
over the water. So I just wanted to get you guys' opinion. What do you, what do you, what do you think of this? Like, do you think it's real? No. Do you think it's a hoax? Do you, do you know the history behind this picture at all? Like where it comes from? I, or... I, well, I know the answer. I know this is this is known as the surgeon picture. I don't know the guy's full name, but uh, I think his last name was Surgeon. But basically, he took this photo um, during the early 1900s. And uh, he released it to the newspaper, and it became, like, this huge thing. Like, it really popularized uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. It looks like a but, duck. It looks like a goose. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, like, a few years later is that it turned out to be, like, a submarine toy. Oh. Uh, with, like, this other toy attached to the top of it. Uh, so. And so I'm pretty sure what happened was that on his deathbed... He confessed that it was a like complete hoax, but at that time, so many people had also seen the Loch Ness monster, and they were they, I guess they were just too stubborn yeah. to believe that it was just <laughs> like you know a legend. Yeah. That kind of ruins the picture now. Now that I know, that. yeah. <laughs> now that you know that, I know. I mean, there is definitely other evidence out there. <laughs> oh, there goes my like. Cat I remember again. there was this. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> Nice. Anyway, it's okay. It's okay. Our viewers loved yeah, it. It's true. You can't. Our listeners. I keep on saying viewers. <laughs> they're not watching anything. It's okay. I wish they were watching me. We'll we'll improve this this setup. One, <laughs> one day, day. We'll, we'll have one day we'll move into a studio. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. And we'll make millions. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we keep on going on these weird. Tangents. Yeah, that's the point of podcast. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but anyways, so there's this other story related to the Loch Ness Monster where these three people, this couple, and then, like, I think it was the guy's dad, they went on this boat, and they, like, came face-to-face with the Loch Ness Monster. The dad had a heart attack. Oh. Oh. He died. Oh. Oh. And then two (laughs) days later, the couple died. Ah. Very convenient. So I don't... I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting to hear about. So yeah, they very can't convenient. back up their evidence. <laughs> It'd be real convenient. Wow. Real convenient if that they died. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I think they gave their testimonies like when they it's took their dad like to the, the hospital. Government. <laughs> mm. Well, if, yeah, a little fishy, little if fishy. The picture is fake, then. Then I guess it just means that it doesn't exist. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if something like the Loch Ness monster did exist. Because yeah. like Yeah. We haven't even like explored all of the ocean, have we? Like Yeah. We have there's like billions yeah, of exactly. species that been. like haven't been discovered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is yeah, some sort of like thing. That, yeah, <sighs> it's probably what, yeah, you didn't say anything there. Yeah, what, what did you say? <laughs> probably something like that down there that just comes up to explore, you know? Just comes up to vibe. Comes up yeah, to vibe. He didn't yeah. rate the vibe, so he went back down. <laughs> he, he didn't like the mandems on the yeah, surface, he so he vibed back like down. Like he didn't like think the boy dems were like vibable. Yeah, he didn't rate it per se. <laughs> Didn't see the vibe as a solid fit for him, so he just did. <laughs> they failed the vibe check. They did fail the vibe check. They got like a two. <laughs> so he killed them. He can yeah. send he can send radio waves through his ears that give you a heart attack. 
Yeah, this is very, very speculative. Nice theory. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful theory. I know. Kind of All right. Well, yeah. The Loch Ness Monster is definitely like one of those really big cryptids. Mm-hmm. Or some people pronounce it cryptides. I like cryptids. Cryptides kind of sounds bad. <laughs> cryptides. But cryptids. definitely another like really popular cryptid is Bigfoot. Uh-huh. And I actually have a video here. Oh. If it if it, if it lets me paste it, I don't think it's gonna let me paste it. Hold on, I'm gonna have to find it on YouTube. But uh, while I do that, I'm just gonna talk about it a little bit. Basically, this guy named Roger Patterson, I believe that was his name. He was like this cowboy, right? And uh, or he was like he, he might have been a park ranger, but I'm pretty sure he was a cowboy. Anyways, he was in like this densely wooded area because I think he was looking for Bigfoot. He and he went out there with like his 12 millimeter camera. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he decided he actually came in, like he saw Bigfoot, and then he decided to record it and distribute it. Ah. And this video, oh boy, ah. oh boy, this is a video. This video probably receives the most controversy among any other video, or even what. Yeah. What? He died. Jacob, stop Yo. fucking lo- yawning. I can't. I'm so tired. Katanch. It's fucking dead. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Uh, Are you back? Yeah, it was weird. Anyways, yeah, I am back. We apologize for those <laughs> yeah, technical, te- technical difficulties. You know, YouTube was being a little bit of a bitch. Oh, it's this video? I've seen this. Yeah, it's this. Have you seen this it's, video, Dylan? This is like the classic Bigfoot oh, video. Yeah, this started it all. Like, this started it all. Okay, but Bigfoot... <laughs> Bigfoot is like probably one of the easiest things you could fake. Like, you go into a forest with your buddies, you get a shitty old camcorder and like a gorilla <laughs> suit, and then you... You take really <laughs> bad quality shaky cam footage and claim the Bigfoot. <laughs> no, but like, here's the thing though. A lot of quote unquote experts, experts mm-hmm. have analyzed this video and they've all come to the same conclusion that you can't necessarily mimic the same intricate features of what's being shown in the video with just a simple rubber costume. Yeah. And I just read one of the comments that said that this video was filmed in 1967 and a suit like that at the time would have cost too much to make. And the guy who filmed it, Roger Patterson, was almost bankrupt. So, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Well, and another point I'd like to make is like, uh, if you closer look, if closely look at the video, you can like see like major muscle groups. I, I read um, like this anatomy professor pointed out like these different muscle groups on the like the Bigfoot like figure or even Bigfoot in general, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, that, that that's like the deltoid, that's the trapezius, that's like the long head muscle." And I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty cool." That's wild. And they based it off of this video. Yeah, they based it off of that video. Wow, he does look pretty well, jacked. <laughs> Yeah, he looks pretty buff. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because the video is not the greatest quality, but they're still able to, like, make out all these different muscles. Yeah. yeah. 
Dude, that's and I feel it's if creepy. It, if it did come out in like the the sixties, then mm-hmm. that does uh, add a little bit more evidence to it. Yeah, that video is true. scary. Yeah, like you like that that moment where it like turns around and then looks at the guy. But yeah. okay, but then what is Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot just like a man ape? Is he uh, just a hairy man? <laughs> he was just like what I think is that like Bigfoot is just like another species that we have yet to discover. Because huh. like think about it, cryptozoology, even though it's not a very popular field of study, it has like it has contributed to a lot of discoveries in the past. Like people thought that the platypus was a cryptid. Yeah, because like think about it, like no one's gonna believe that there's an animal out there that has like a duck bill, but then looks like a beaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for the longest time, people thought it was a cryptid. Same with the gorilla. People thought like the gorilla. They called it the ape man. Really? <laughs> yeah, they didn't think it was real. So for the longest time, they were just like, "Yep, that's a cryptid." I I wouldn't be surprised if it if it is real because there's tons of places that like just people haven't explored yeah exactly who knows what's out there and i just read that this guy said that the logistics of the biomechanics of a suit that advanced were unheard of at the time because you can even see like chewbacca a decade after this video was nowhere near the the quality that you see in that video like as good as that like True. Chewbacca and Star Wars. Think about the the massive budget for those films, especially after like the first two started taking off. He still didn't look anywhere near as good as that. And he said, "Yeah, That's it hasn't even been recreated in this decade. Clearly visible muscle mo- movement below the skin, hair that falls in line with the muscle joints that don't coincide with humans, shockwaves in the thigh muscles on the foot's impact with the ground." Yeah, also, if you closely look at, like, the hands, you can see that they're, like, kind of, like, curved, you know? Yeah. And, like, the specific way they move, uh, how it, like, goes from that, like, that open palm to a fist, you definitely could not have mimicked that with a costume during that time. Well, because likely what would have happened was that, like, that that part of the costume would not have been able to move like that. Hmm. Because it's not like... Uh, the costumes could mimic movements of joints like that. Do we know like the story behind this video? Like what? Ha- what do like, you mean? What happened to the dude after he took this video? Like why was he there? Yeah. And where is I, it? I, I'm not sure of the. I think it was filmed somewhere in Missouri. Oh okay. Look. Uh. And I think he was actively looking for Bigfoot and then happened to come across this. So Bigfoot was so, something that existed before this? Yeah, so I believe the origin of Bigfoot was somewhere in, like, the 1950s. And uh, it was because, like, these construction workers found, like, uh, footprints that were really big and that, like, didn't match any animal that they had documented before. And so that, like big footprint is what got it got bigfoot its name yeah of bigfoot hence the name bigfoot yep bigfoot yeah i think it was like uh it was published in like the humboldt times hmm. but yeah roger Peterson. and yeah roger i mean also what kind of takes away from the 
credibility of the video is that Roger Patterson took a lie detector test and he failed it. Yeah, oh. lie detector tests so, are so bad. Yeah, that especially was, during, during that time that, too. Yeah, they aren't so easy accurate. Yeah. There is no surefire way until we can literally read somebody's brain to know they're lying. The way yeah. lie detector mm-hmm. tests work, like you could literally because if you're like, uh, like like a sociopath and you can't feel yeah. like normal stuff people feel, Emotion. like you have no trouble getting through that because you don't have like if they ask you a question, the main way they get it is they read. I'm pretty sure they read if you're sweating, they read your heart rate. They read your blood pressure um, and a few other things. But, uh, like, it's it's really not that hard. Yeah, if, if you can, like, subconsciously and consciously convince yourself yeah. that what you're saying is the truth, you're going to pass yeah. the test. Yeah. Because if you truly believe that, and that's the case with a lot of especially people, back, especially like, sociopaths. Like, this guy is literally just some some random dude who just – some random broke dude who stumbled upon – uh, you stumbled upon this creature, right? Think, think about yeah. it like that. If he's getting interviewed for if he's lying or not, of course he's going to be nervous because he's going to want to exactly think about it so hard. He's going to want to get every single bit of it right so that he so that everybody believes him because it became a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to want to be so like you're going to be nervous. You're going to be not to mention the guy was literally like the guy died like five years after this was shot. I just looked it up. He died of cancer in 1972. The guy was old. He was sick. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's not, it's not that. And he, and he kept to his death that he maintained right to the end that the end, that the, the creature on the film was real. What he saw. Yeah, and exactly. I don't know why, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why you would lie about that. I guess. I guess. Yeah, for like, so long too. I don't know. I don't know. I think it could be real. I believe it. Has, has there been any other evidence since this? Well, yeah, like there's been a bunch of footprints and like sighting, reported sightings. But I, I would still say that this is probably like the best evidence out there. Yeah. I think as yeah, cause, like like I don't think I'd believe it if like recent footage came out like today because that could easily be uh, yeah that could uh, easily you, be mimicked. They make like Bigfoot Halloween costumes. You, it's not hard to get yeah, a suit exactly. anymore. I found a so, a story of their entire encounter if you want to hear it. Sure. Yeah, sure, go ahead. As their stories went in the early afternoon of Friday, October twentieth, nineteen sixty seven. Patterson and his friend Gimlin were riding generally northeast upstream on horseback along the east bank of Bluff Creek. I don't know where that is. Bluff Creek. California. Mm. In Des Moines. I was way off. Des Moines? I don't know. How, I don't remember how to say that. Wait. Buff, oh, there's like three Buff Creeks, so maybe you were right. I don't know which one. Bluff Creek. Um at sometime between 1.15 and 1.40 p.m., they came to an overturned tree with a large root system at a turn in the creek, almost as high as a room. When they rounded it, there was a log jam, a crow's nest, left over from the flood of 64. They spotted the figure behind it nearly simultaneously. It was either crouching beside the, their creek or to the left or standing there on the opposite bank. 
Gimlin later described himself as in a mild state of shock upon first seeing the figure. Patterson initially estimated its height at six foot six and later raised his estimate to about seven foot six. Some later ana- analysts, uh, anthropologist Grover Krantz, among them, have suggested Patterson's later estimate was about one foot too tall. Gimlin's estimate was exactly six feet. The film shows what Patterson and Gimlin uh, claimed was a large, hairy, bipedal, ape-like figure with short, silvery-brown or dark reddish-brown or black hair covering most of its body, including its prominent breasts. The figure in the film generally matches the descriptions of Bigfoot offered by others who claim to have seen this one. Patterson estimated he was about 25 feet away from the creature at the closest. Patterson said that his horse reared upon sensing the figure, and he spent about 20 seconds extricating himself from the saddle, controlling his horse, getting around to its other side, and getting his camera from a saddlebag before he could run toward the figure while operating the camera. He yelled, cover me, to Gimlin, meaning get the gun out. Gimlin crossed the creek on horseback after Patterson had run well beyond it, riding on a path somewhat to the left of Patterson's and somewhat beyond his position. Perret estimates he came within 60 to 90 feet of Patterson. Then, rifle in hand, he dismounted but did not point his rifle at the creature. The figure had walked away from them to a distance of about 120 feet before Patterson began to run after it. The resulting film, which was the 60-second video, is initially quite shaky until Patterson got about 80 feet from the creature. At that point, the figure glanced over its right shoulder at the men, and Patterson fell to his knees. On Krantz's map, this corresponds to frame 264. To researcher John Green, Patterson would later characterize the creature's expression as one of contempt and disgust. Um, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> you know how it is when the umpire tells you one more word and you're out of the game. That's the way it felt. Shortly after this point, the steady middle portion of the film begins, containing the famous look-back frame, 352. Patterson said, I, it turned a total of, I think, three times. The other times, therefore, be before the filming began and or, or while he was running with his finger off the trigger. Shortly after glancing over its shoulder on film, the creature disappeared behind a grove of tree for 14 seconds, then reappeared in the film's final 15 seconds after Patterson moved 10 feet to a better vantage point, fading into the trees again and being lost to view at a distance of 265 feet as the, f- as the reel of film ran out. Gimlin remounted and followed it on horseback, keeping his distance until it disappeared around a bend in the road 300 yards away. Patterson called him back at that point, feeling vulnerable on foot without a rifle because he feared the creature's mate might approach. The entire encounter had lasted less than two minutes. Next, Gimlin and Patterson rounded up Patterson's horses, which had run off in the opposite direction downstream before filming began. Patterson got his second roll of film from his saddlebag and filmed the tracks. Then the men tracked... um, they called it Patty, the, the big they saw, mm-hmm. for either one mile or yep. three miles, but lost it in the heavy undergrowth. They went to their campsite three miles south, picked up plaster, returned to the initial site, measured the creature's step length, made two plaster casts, one each of the best quality right and left prints. And that's it. Damn. Pretty detailed story. Where? Yeah, that is pretty detailed. Like, what's the source? The source I saw on uh, Wikipedia. I'm oh. assuming the source <laughs> is from interviews with them and the. Yeah. I'm assuming there were like documentaries yeah. and about the the video. For sure, or at least like it's mentioned in some documentaries about yeah. Bigfoot. Something like that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, but honestly, it I, in my opinion, it's pretty believable. Yeah. 
Like, I believe it. I honestly, think it, it could be real. I didn't know much about Bigfoot, but honestly, I believe that. I'm... I keep re-watching the clip you sent. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's kind of addicting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's kind of scary. It, um... I don't know. Do you think it wouldn't be, like, a hostile creature, then? Because if it's just, like... I'm not sure. Just, like, walking away. It also looks like it has, like, titties. Yeah. Are we... <laughs> yeah, no, it's Here's a female. Surviving. It's a female. It is a female. Is it a female? No, it's, it's a female. Uh, yeah, it's a female. That's why they named it Patty. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, it could be a male. There's, there's no way of telling. Yeah. The males just could have really big, like breasts. Yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah. It, it isn't mm-hmm, like sure. a hostile creature. I don't know. Dude, I'd be so terrified if you just started like running. <laughs> Imagine like, at the end of the video, you see it like fucking full on sprinting towards yeah. the camera. Yeah, and then he had to turn it off because he had to just run. <laughs> that'd be fucking scary dude I'd be terrified no, no, technology was not good enough to mimic what yeah no for sure it, it would not be possible to mimic that I feel like like people said the movement of the, the joints and the it couldn't it, like you have to have some kind of um, like animatronic like suit or something it looks very natural, mm-hmm. like natural as it walks. Yeah. It can't be like fabric. Yeah. It can't just be a guy in a suit. And like the way that the muscle is like, mm-hmm. I like how it just like strolls along too. Yeah, and it's not like, and the way it like moves its arms is like, I don't know how to explain it, but a human who is built like a normal human couldn't operate like a normal suit like that, like not a mechanical one, like just a normal like fabric suit. They wouldn't be able to fit because of the proportions of the. There's no way the movement would be that natural. The hands wouldn't be moving like they do. The legs wouldn't. It just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, I definitely. Said so that like agree. the footprints, um, that it was leaving behind, or like the the shock waves that it was causing, or whatever, wouldn't have been able to be done by a normal human who was controlling the suit. It would have had to be that thing, whatever it is. Yeah, and then uh, like people analyzed those footprints, and they were definitely like naturally, like made. Like you could not mimic movement like yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't know. I know I saw videos about like the moon landing, like stuff like that. Like that technology was definitely not available at the time, and they wouldn't like priority wouldn't have been on like even the government wouldn't have been their priority wouldn't be on technology like that at the time. They were too busy in the Cold War. Like, we yeah. were used to, yeah. to enter the Cuban Missile Crisis. We were, like, two years off. So, like, we would have still been building up our nuclear arsenal. I don't think making giant animatronics was at the play. I don't think making ape suits was yeah. in their, uh... Yeah, so it definitely wasn't... Yeah, I don't think I, it was on I their agenda, them, making ape I suits. I doubt that some private company found a way to manufacture that. Yeah. I don't know, it's pretty, yeah, pretty believable I, if it is... Real mm. Yeah, I don't know, especially yeah. because like, I feel like, even though it might not be the government's priority, I feel like if they knew that that technology existed, they would want to know about it. Like they'd want a piece of that. <laughs> like they would. Mm-hmm. Want that's yeah, about. yeah. So how come? So if that was just like an animatronic suit or whatever, made by a private company, 
I feel like the government would have been all over that. Like, I feel like the government would have been interested in that and gone after that. For sure. Yeah. I feel like they would have been more interested in it if they thought it was fake. They thought it was a suit. Mm -hmm. Do you think Bigfoot still exists now? Maybe. Like, is there there a species of these creatures? I mean... Yeah, I, I I would assume so. There there are it's like recent sightings of I'd it. I'd say it's probably not as likely as the Loch Ness monster. But True. I think I think it could be. I don't know. Because mm. I feel like if it was a bigger if if Bigfoot was like a big species, then we definitely would have seen like hard video evidence of it by now and like more pictures, I guess, because. We have a lot more, like, yeah. sighting of the Earth. Like, we have satellites. Like, we have... True. Bro, we have Google Maps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> other than, like, remote areas where, like, tribes and stuff live with, like, no technology, that's where I yeah. think they could be. But, like... That's what I was thinking. I don't know. Because there are kind of tribes that we yeah. don't know about. Like, I don't know if you guys remember... Like I think it was a few years ago, some like dude went to some island with like some tribe that like didn't speak any like ang- like language that we know, mm-hmm. and uh, he went over there to tell them about like Jesus and shit, <laughs> and uh, dude just got killed. Oh, I don't remember how exactly yeah. he died, but he uh, was murdered on that island. Hmm. Nice. And, like, people have just left those tribes alone because it's dangerous to go over there. Because they're not, like, civilized people. Yeah. Bruh. Kind of crazy to think that there are people, like, on this planet who yeah. still yeah. Like, live like that. Yeah. And there's yeah. people out there who just don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, they don't know. The, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They don't know about the pandemic. They didn't know about anything. They don't know about countries. They don't know about, like... Anything. There's, there's still like cavemen type people. Yeah, there's no technology. <laughs> basically. Yeah, they basically are. People still living in the Stone yeah. Age. Yeah, they literally are. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think they got like pictures of the people and like they were still wearing like um, loincloths and they had like spears and shit. Yeah, that's wild. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, so wait, are you like saying that? Uh, if there was to be a Bigfoot civilization out there, maybe it'd be like on one of those islands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yeah. Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> maybe. No. True. Conspiracy True. theories. I love conspiracy theories. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah they're in, in entertaining. Maybe we'll. Uh, Talk more about conspiracy theories over. That would be an interesting topic. Well, yeah, during other podcasts, yeah, like, yeah. like the moon landing was faked. No, what? it literally wasn't. There's literally no way. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah, but I'm. I'm pretty. I'm sure there's people out there who will love to argue. Oh, well, you're wrong. Yeah, I. I remember. There's their evidence for it is like that. There's a number on a rock or something. And they're like, oh, it's a stage prop. That's, they they numbered the stage. That's really so stupid. And like, some people claim you can see like wires, like from the <laughs> astronauts, like making them like like fly or whatever. 
And it's like I, I don't I literally don't see anything. Why would they like go through that much yeah, trouble? No, though? like literally it's just they are they're claiming that it was so then America was the first to be on the moon. No, like literally there's a video about it that faking the moon landing would have been harder than actually landing on the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's stupid. We, we should definitely talk yeah, about conspiracy theories though. Yeah, that would should. be interesting. Like yeah, I think that would be the nine eleven ones are fucking crazy. Oh yeah. Oh my god, it's yeah, like the one that's like Bush did. Yeah. <laughs> that jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Yeah, my goodness. The Illuminati stuff. Oh my god, the Illuminati. I haven't heard Holy about moly. the Illuminati in so long. You don't hear about yeah, Illuminati me. memes anymore. Yeah, like remember when they were when they're all like I wonder oh, yeah, why. part of the Illuminati. I wonder why, I wonder why. the Illuminati. Yeah, they've they've gone underground for now, but they're bound to come back up. Yeah. yeah. The Illuminati started coronavirus confirmed. Yeah, they did. Maybe maybe it's the Illuminati that's been uh forcing Kanye to tweet all that stuff. <laughs> He's going Maybe. No, like Kanye's going crazy on yeah. Twitter. I I saw like one meme about it. <laughs> it, it just him saying, "Bro, stop, <laughs> bro, stop." <laughs> He's going off. <laughs> yes, sir. Also, I don't, I don't know who it was, but like, uh, it was a supporter of Kanye's platform for the presidential campaign. <laughs> 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 it was, it was so stupid. Oh my god! People who genuinely think that Kanye is a good presidential candidate are so unintelligent. Oh well. Oh well. Like I mean, if I if I had the choice, I'd probably vote for him just because it'd be like it'd be for the memes, you know. Yes. Like I I I, I couldn't like see Connie on the ballot and not vote for him, yeah. you know. I mean, see yeah. people that hearing be, that, that would get very disrespect. mad at you <laughs> for hearing that. Okay. I remember as soon as he uh like announced that he was running, there were already posts be made like, "Don't vote for him as a joke. You're wasting your vote." Blah blah blah. No, like I, I don't care. Kanye for president. You think I care? I, I like my vote is not going to do anything. Yeah, and that's actually that's probably what a lot of people are thinking. Yeah, Kanye actually might end up winning if if everyone has that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a scary <laughs> thing. I remember last election, people voted for like Harambe. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a lot of votes were like a portion were Harambe. <laughs> yep. Honestly, oh, man. man, since Harambe died, shit's gone downhill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. What when was that? Was that like that was like 2016? Who, dude? We really peaked in 2015. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. 2015 was the best year. It had the best music. It had the best. Honestly, like, oh my god, it's all just been downhill from it has there. Been. It's true. Oh well. I'm I'm just I'm just really hoping that since 2020 has been like so like poopy so far. Uh, <laughs> poopy at 2020. Oh, <laughs> uh-uh. oh no, not this again. <laughs> poopy. Poopy. No, not this again. Okay, well, it's not funny. But yeah, I just I just hope that 2021 is better. We'll see. We we still have you um. Are you guys prepared for random chimp event? What? <laughs> what? Random chimp event. You haven't... Random chimp event. What the hell is that? Me, uh, I'll send a picture in the... <laughs> Basically, there's a bunch of memes 
called uh, it's random shit. Yeah, this sounds kind of hype. <laughs> and it's it's that it's a theory that at some point in the near future, chimps will rise. This is the dumbest. So it's dumbest like, where will you be during random chimps? <laughs> this is basically just like rise of the planet of the yeah. apes. This is that's basically what that. And is. Uh, but wait, but wait, there's more because I don't know if you guys remember. Apparently, uh, there was some news headline saying that there were like these monkeys that broke into a lab and ended up stealing samples of the coronavirus and <laughs> escaped with it. And when that happened, everyone was posting this fucking picture saying, oh, my God, guys, it's happening. This is chimp event. This is random chimp event. <laughs> Oh, dude, that'd be terrifying, though. Like, if, if you really think about it, imagine just, like, everyone being attacked by a bunch of chimps. Chimps are fucking scary. Chimps can, like, rip your face off and shit. Yeah, dude, they're actually insane. Dude, they don't fuck they around. Don't. They, they will fucking kill you. Where will you be during the Truly. Remain vigilant. Yeah. Be prepared. I will, don't worry. Well, anyway. Will you? I will be. I... I enjoyed this very much, but I think we're reaching our time limit for today, fellas. We're at- we truly are, and uh, you might not get to talk with me, Dylan, and Jacob for this entire podcast, only for like 40 minutes, because we actually have another guest coming on, which you'll probably cut to right after we <laughs> end this, but yes. it's something that's really interesting, and I hope you guys will enjoy it. Yes. Yes, so sir. enjoy that. It is a mystery. It is a mystery. Yeah, so keep listening to hear me and Dylan, not Jacob, because he stinks, <laughs> and a guest speaker talk about something. Yeah. So yeah, we'll enjoy. See you guys. We'll talk to you guys in literally a few seconds. See you later, boys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Hitanch, and welcome to the Brown Zone. I'm joined here by my, one of my co-hosts, Dylan. Say hi, Hello. Dylan. Hi. Jacob, yeah, Jacob is, is here. Yeah, he's stupid. Yeah, we hate him. But this time around, we're doing something a, l- a little bit different from our usual uh, topics that we talk about in our podcast. And we actually have a guest speaker here. So would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I would. Um, so, hi, everyone. My name is Julie Pasca. I am a rising senior at Glenbar North High School, uh, which puts me in the class of 2021. And just like before I start what I'm here to talk about, I would like for you guys to get to know me a little better. So here are some things that I'm involved in in my school and community. I'm an officer of our local National Art Honor Society. I am also the captain of the varsity speech team, and I am a tutor for both English and mathematics. So, yes, it is appropriate to call me a nerd <laughs> for sure. Nice. Nice. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Really glad to be here. Okay. So, Julie, basically, what we invited, here, what we invited you here to talk about was the crisis that's going on in, Ye- in Yemen. So... Would you like to elaborate on that? Yes, I would. So before I go into that, um, I am just going to do a brief um, summary of the campaign that we are doing for the Yemeni crisis right now. So I'm a member of Young Emerging Activists. Uh, We are a community organization based in Carroll Stream dedicated to fighting injustices. 
And our newest campaign is named very cleverly Youths for Yemen. And it is a go and it is a GoFundMe campaign that is meant to raise money for the Yemeni crisis. Um, and so you asked what's going on in Yemen. I'm going to provide a very quick, uh, brief summary just so that I don't take up too much time out of my statistics. But basically, they are going through a horrendous famine right now out of a million other things, which basically means there's an extreme scarcity of food. People lack access to basic needs such as food and water, and most of the country's water supplies are unsanitary and unsafe to use anyways. Um, but unfortunately, because of that contamination, it can lead to dang fever, uh, dysentery, typhoid fever, and even death in some cases. But that also puts the population at a higher risk for cholera, typhoid fever, polio. Um, and obviously, we all know that the world is going through the coronavirus right now. Mm -hmm. However, because of these diseases, the population of Yemen is put at a higher risk for contracting and dying of the coronavirus. However, it does not help that many of Yemen's hospitals have been destroyed due to war and political instability. Um, I would just like to make a disclaimer, though. I'm not going to be going into uh, politics all that much. I know that the war going on right now in Yemen is very crucial to understanding what's going on, but... I'm not going to be discussing the Houthi forces, the Yemeni government forces, the Syrian government, nothing. It's just way too touchy. So that is the brief summary of the humanitarian crisis in Yemen. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like some really interesting stuff. Yeah. It's, it's humbling. It's, it's definitely humbling. Um, we don't take what we have... We don't. We take everything around us for granted. So I think it's really interesting. Like I, I, I don't know. I think it's important to hear about for sure. It's like this going on in the yeah, world. Yeah, definitely. Sure. And I, I, I don't like throwing this word word around a lot, but I definitely think that uh, understanding what's happening in Yemen right now really shows goes to show that we have a lot of privilege, and that's definitely something oh, that sure. we should for not sure. take for granted. Definitely. Yeah, just waking up in my warm bed every morning. It's it's something I take for granted. Yeah. A lot. Um, but listen, without further ado, I'd love to get into the different statistics. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. With your permission. Go ahead. Awesome. Of course. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just heard him say, yeah. Um, so I would like to discuss the famine first in specific. Um, and just a quick backtrack. I didn't know how I was going to provide these statistics in a way that doesn't separate the emotion from the stat. Oftentimes we look at a graph and we look at a pie chart and we just see a bunch of numbers on a screen and we forget that these aren't just numbers on a screen, they're people mm -hmm. that are living their lives and that are dying because of humanitarian crisis that we are, as a world are not able to solve. So in order to put the stats in perspective, I decided to look at the populations of different places around the world and see if that hits close to home for any of your viewers. Cause from my understanding, you have a pretty diverse body of people that are watching oh, yeah, for sure. your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would really like to hit as close to home as, as possible when it comes to these stats. So um, here are a few things that have to do with the famine. Uh, there are approximately 20 million people in Yemen right now that are experiencing food insecurity, 10 million of whom are at risk of famine, a.k.a. dying of starvation. Those 20 million people are the equivalent of all of Beijing, China, dying oh, wow. of starvation. Jeez. Yeah. The current population of Beijing, China, as of the 2020 census, is 20,462,610. So now imagine all of those people 
dying of starvation. Wow. A whole city wow, of people. Incredibly yeah. shocking. Yeah. Um, and as of February 2020, food rations for 8.5 million hungry Yemenis uh, has been halved due to an insufficient budget from the United Nations. So to put that into perspective, 8.5 million people would be the equivalent of all of Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, now having to deal with half as much food as usual. And the food they were getting before was barely enough for them to survive. And now they have to have it. It's, it's kind of shocking. That's to hear, terrible. To be honest, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I did talk about the United Nations, but here's a quote that I read on the United Nations official website. The United Nations acknowledges the severity of the humanitarian crisis in Yemen, but the UN is also aware of the fact that if they don't get more donations, aka more support from the allied countries that are in the UN, then Yemen will be wiped off the maps forever. Oh my God. Um, the UN also estimates that Yemen will need an additional $2.41 billion to cover essential life-saving aid until the end of 2020. However, this also includes programs to counter the COVID-19 and cholera pandemic that's going on right now. And I, when I first read that online, I was, I was really shocked because $2.41 billion definitely sounds like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it, 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 it is. And I mean, obviously, it's a lot if all the countries in the UN are unable to fill that gap in their budget. Um, however, I was also curious as to how like do we know any people that make that much money <laughs> maybe not personally but definitely in the media yeah. speaking of jeff bezos hatanch do you know how much money jeff bezos makes in 11 days i honestly have no clue but it's probably a very large amount jeff bezos makes 2.41 billion dollars in 11 days Jeez. jesus christ <laughs> yeah holy crap so, that's a I mean, lot of money <laughs> no no yeah, person so, should I mean, ever have that of, much money yeah Mm-mm. what what did you say dylan that's really hold no on. person should ever have that much money just like by themselves have that much money ever yeah just like single-handedly like one person i agree i agree <sighs> he's what do you do with all that money nothing like, he just has it, yeah. and he doesn't even, like, treat his, his employees well. Yeah, Jesus. You know, they say that the only reason people, the only reason people, or at least one person can ever get that rich is due to exploitation. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. There's no way you can make that much money whilst also being fair yeah. to your workers. It's not yeah, possible. It's not possible to be that rich and also be humane at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But basically what I'm trying to say is that we could take what Jeff Bezos makes in 11 days and help millions of people in a country survive till the end of 2020. That covers COVID-19. That covers cholera. That covers so many things. The UN is unable to collect that much money from the countries that are part of it. And yet, like, we're, we're, we're putting this burden on our citizens and we're putting this burden on our governments when really... I mean, I'll call me a commie, but I don't think that person <laughs> deserves to have that. No, much I agree. That's no, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't than... even say that's like a communist viewpoint. I think that's just you being as human as you can be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I bet a lot of people would definitely disagree with that. They would definitely call me a communist. <laughs> saying that. I, mean, you, I mean, I guess money doesn't hurt. Like money does do a lot. But uh, at the at the same yeah. time, no one person needs that much money. Exactly. 
For sure, for sure. The funniest part of that stat is that I got, I did the calculations using his income from 2019. And we all know that, like, because of, like, the coronavirus and because people are, like, reluctant to go shopping in person, there has been a spike in online shopping. So chances are, as of 2020, he makes so much mm-hmm. more in 11 days now than he did last year which is like to me that's the scariest part of that stat my so. mom buys like three things from amazon like every week Same. so my mom <laughs> my, my dad literally it's, ordered yeah. like four pieces of furniture from amazon jeez let's go to ikea <laughs> don't no, that's too much work I, I never know how to assemble things Always from like, ikea yeah. You can't no, read. No, <laughs> I lack that ability. Uh, it's as okay, evident from my standardized te- standardized testing scores. I lack the ability to read. <laughs> I can't read. According to the College Board, I uh, can't yes. add two plus two. It's fine. Um, that's a different topic for a different day. Back to Yemen. Uh, on the topic of COVID nineteen and cholera, I did mention that Yemen is currently going through the COVID nineteen pandemic, as is the rest mm-hmm. of the world. But they are also going through a cholera pandemic, which means that they are literally going through a double pandemic. So twice as many casualties, twice as many people getting infected and contracting diseases. Um, I believe as of March twenty twenty, there have been. Uh, one th- oh my gosh I can't read statistics. <laughs> 110,000 people that have contracted cholera um, and that's just as of March we're not getting the necessary statistics we're not getting the necessary numbers because people have just lost interest in what's going on in Yemen there are very few people that are actually posting about yeah. this which is shocking uh, it doesn't help that there have been recent floods I did talk about the recent floods but uh the recent floods have raised the risk of malaria and dengue fever in the whole country, which, I mean, obviously I did talk about. Uh, but back to COVID-19, before COVID-19, there were around 2 million children that were out of school. Um, but now because of the pandemic, schools have been closed, obviously, around the country. But that leaves approximately 7.8 million children unable to access education. That's Jeez. awful. That's, I know. Um, I wanted to hit a little close to home to your viewers. Um, I know you're Canadian, but that's approximately three times the population of Toronto. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. The six? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's wait, what? Am I supposed to get no, that? No, it's just it's just a joke that me and Dylan probably understand. It's it's because uh, Toronto it's, it's, is known what? as the six. I don't really. Okay. I, I honestly <laughs> don't understand why it just is it just is it doesn't have anything to do with the area code it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just called the six that's so unusual yeah. i've never heard of that a day in my yeah, life it's not it's not very cool <laughs> it's okay you learn new things anyways continue, anyway please. uh yeah <laughs> thank you uh govan idina has also increased the number of malnourished kids in yemen to 2.4 million people and that is the equivalent to every man, woman, and child in Texas, in Houston, Texas, being malnourished. Wow. So that's a lot of people. Yeah. Like, Texas is large. Like, Texas is very big. Place. Houston, Texas, my friend. What? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I say I 
I hate Republicans, <laughs> but I wouldn't wish I wouldn't wish that on on anyone. Not even my worst no. enemy. So it's yeah. yeah, it's really humbling. Um, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of like the Yemeni children I have seen. whose stomachs are yeah. bloated from like being yeah. So it's 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 shocking because like it's it's like two point four million children that look like that that are like that that are in Yemen and people are just they're looking in the opposite direction and they're not yeah. caring at all. Yeah, it definitely gives you a very different perspective to what you're used to living in a country like Canada or America. Definitely. Yeah. I don't even I don't even know what to say. It took it took a lot of energy, I guess I should say, like mental, emotional energy to read these statistics and then just not get mad. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm you can't you can't see my face right now and I'm like really glad you can <laughs> because oh lord, um <laughs> it's you I take so many things for granted every single day and I, I love to complain about like you know, like wealth inequality and all these things. Um, but what what I have, it's it's just so it's so great. It's so Definitely. awesome in comparison mm-hmm. to these children that are living in rubble. You know, sleeping under an open sky, like praying that someone won't bomb yeah. them tomorrow morning. Yeah, it really shows you like how thankful you should be for what you have. Overall, yeah, like, yeah you like just like you said, it's a very humbling experience. I have been using that word a lot, and it, it's making me sound like I only know that <laughs> word. Like, I, <laughs> I know more than the word humbling, it's but okay. when you are humbled, you can only use the word. Yeah, I don't think there's many uh, synonyms for that word, and even if there are, I'm just not aware of them. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to know I, all I'm, those. <laughs> yeah, just just look up thesaurus.com, like synonyms for humbling. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, luckily, there are ways that people can mm-hmm. help um, help avert the crisis. Uh, and the first thing would be is to donate. Yeah. Um, I always say that like giving five dollars is better than giving zero. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think that your donation, even if it's like one dollar or like even a couple of dollars, like every dollar counts towards helping these people. Even if you're not gonna you know, reverse decades of political instability and, you know, a humanitarian crisis, you're going to help another family live another day. Mm-hmm. And that should bring you peace, peace of mind and like a peace of heart. Um, and I, I really, seriously, like one US dollar is the equivalent of 250 Yemeni rial. So imagine how much different it is to hand someone one rial versus one dollar. Mm-hmm. It's it's a completely different mm-hmm. like currency over there. So and five dollars that's one thousand two hundred and fifty rial. You can buy a lot of of produce and and things for your family to help them survive with just five dollars. So it's yeah. Um, another thing that I'm that I, I believe personally is is really good for helping people understand what's going on, and I'm really thankful for for Hitanj for letting me come on here it's to use your platform uh this is a really great example of somebody using their platform so Hitanj thank you so much for like letting me come on here and talk yeah, about for it sure. um yeah just like share links share posts spread resources send your friends and your family and your teachers articles help them spread the message that Yemen is going through one of the world's most severe humanitarian crises and 
don't stop saying that. You have to solidify that it is the world's worst humanitarian crisis, like crisis right now. You have to drive that point home mm-hmm. and use your platform to do so. Exactly. And I think, yeah, one last thing I would say is to never stop educating yourself. Um, something that I've learned, especially with the like the the new peak in the Black Lives Matter movement that's been going on the last couple of months, is that we can't stay reliant on an education system that only benefits a certain group of people. So you always have to stay on your toes and keep yourself educated. If you see a post that's reliable, read it. If you find a popular periodical or a scholarly article, keep yourself educated. Listen to Yemeni people, hear their stories, like learn and just like never stop educating people about what's going on. Um, Ignorance is bliss, but education is freedom. That's like the saying that I live by. Definitely. So. That was wonderful. I, yeah, (laughs) that's really it, to be honest. I'm kind of mad I didn't prepare more stats, (laughs) but I hope that I was able to wake a few people up that listened to you. Yeah, no, it's completely fine. That's all that matters. I think you did a great job just, like, overall giving people the rundown about what's happening and then imploring people to, you know, go out and keep on educating themselves. It's it's more than you think. It, It sounds so stupid, but, like, even a podcast like this, it's... It's helping people, like more people, stay aware of what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, and I, I said this to my mom a few days ago, and I think it's kind of telling how I know more about what Kim Kardashian ate for breakfast last week than what's going on in Yemen. Like that's <laughs> that's like the situation for a lot of people, and I think that's like the most depressing yeah. thing is that we spend so much time like talking about all these completely irrelevant things. Meanwhile, there's an entire country about to be wiped off the maps forever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely just feel like it's not getting enough media coverage, and all of that media coverage that could be contributed towards this crisis is given towards very, like, um, stupid I don't know. topics. Yeah, exactly. That like people dumb, really should not care about. Stupid, stupid stuff. Then we don't care. Yeah, like why the why the hell do I care about what Kim K had for breakfast? I don't. <laughs> exactly. I really don't. I I have yeah. I didn't before you uh, you came on to tell us uh, these stats. I really didn't know much about the Yemen crisis, and that's sad. That like yeah, I really haven't been hearing a lot about it. Yeah, and I think that's like the issue with. A I, lot I, of I I I kind of have a bit of a confession. What is your confession? What's that? No, it's like, oh my god, when Dylan said that, like, me coming on here, like, taught him a lot. First of all, I want to, like, thank you so much, because it shows that I did my (laughs) job. But also, I didn't know much about the Yemeni crisis myself until a friend of mine sent me um, a post about it. Like, she sent me an Instagram post. It it was from some, like, really small, like, Instagram account, and she sent it to me. And that's literally how I found out about it. And I don't know, I was like, honestly, now that you say that, I'm shocked because I literally know all these other stupid, completely, like, just dumb things. And I only recently found out about something that's been going on for decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm going to shut up now because I've been talking <laughs> for, like, half an no, hour. No, that's <laughs> Also, like, just before we um, conclude this segment, do you just want to, like, tell the viewers uh, 
where they can yeah. find uh, like places to donate or like which organizations they should go check out to support uh, contributing to this crisis. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah, so a bunch of reliable um, nonprofit uh, things you can do is that you can donate to uh, things like the United Nations, you can go on their website, you can find out how you can be a sponsor and how you can get involved. You can go on UNICEF and find out how you can get involved there. Um, I'm going to talk about change.org in a second and why I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, <laughs> but you can also go on the Young Emerging Activists Instagram. This is not a shout out. No, go ahead. Plug yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'll do it. I'll do it. But you can go on the Young Emerging Activists Carol Stream Instagram account. It's at YEA underscore CS. Um, and we have a bunch of great links on there to reliable places to donate your money. You can donate to our GoFundMe, which is great. It's for Yemen. We're doing some good things. Um, I would steer clear. Always make sure that where you're donating is a nonprofit organization. And that is the one thing that I have against change.org. Um, even though like a lot of petitions are going through on change.org and like that's like all of the links we're seeing are from change.org. Um, I did read recently that the CEOs like they admit that it's like a for-profit company. It's a 501c3 company. So it is in a way a bit of a scam. I wouldn't really trust it as much as I would trust like amnestyinternational.org, for example. Yeah. So I would always make sure that the sources you're donating to are going to funnel that money directly into the crisis and put it into the right hands. So, for example, the GoFundMe that Young Emerging Activists set up, um, that money is going straight from the GoFundMe into UNICEF. So all of that money, it's going straight into UNICEF's hands. Just check your reliability, check the, like, check the credibility, and you should be fine. Yeah, just do your research, guys. It's not hard. It won't take you long. Honestly, the research, oh, my God. People don't understand just how important the research aspect of that is know where you're putting your money into know who you're investing in because if you don't then you're gonna waste you're gonna waste your time you're gonna waste your energy for sure Mm -hmm. definitely all right well if that's everything you have to talk about today and i think we should finish off this segment yeah, I mean, I'm. I said everything I needed to say. I feel like I've been talking for like ages. Now. Really? So I apologize. Yeah, I feel like I've been talking for like ever. I'm looking at the recording, like at the top, how long it's going. The time is ticking. Jeez, you should have just shut me up. <laughs> no, I mean, it feels like it's been like ten minutes for me. I, gu- Honestly, I guess that's yeah. just because um, I don't know. I just have like a passion for podcasts, so time flies. Definitely. And passion for podcast time. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not mocking you at all. Yeah, uh, um, just like don't mind my alliteration there. Uh, it's okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and sharing this with us. It was a really educating experience. Yes, thank you. Of course. No, it was great. Um, thanks for having me. And as always, just keep on educating yourself, guys. That's it. All right. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.